Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Of course, that's what we all expected. Giannis gets hurt. Bucks win thanks to Chris Middleton after we spent the last week talking about the effectiveness of Giannis and if whether Middleton was a legit number two. That's why sports is great. You literally never know what's going to happen on a night-to-night basis. The any night somebody can dare to be great. Chris Middleton was like, thank you, Giannis. I can shoot the ball now because you shot like 20 shots in the first quarter. And he was out by the second sprain right ankle. We're not sure if he's going to come back tomorrow for game number five, 630 Eastern. That voice you heard, Bart Scott, 11-year NFL veteran, radio veteran himself on our ESPN affiliate 98.7 in New York. You can hear him on Barton Hahn weekdays from 11 to 1. Key and Jay will be back you tomorrow. You've got to say my partner's name different. Yeah, go Han. Han yeah. Allen. It's like a motorcycle. You know Allen, I mean? is, Allen has joined us on the show to talk a little bit about New York sports. That's Bart's specialty. We'll talk a little NFL, your specialty here a little bit as well. Uh, Buster only coming up at 8, 10 a.m. Eastern time. I know now that you cover New York sports, not just the Jets, but everybody, you want to know what's going on with the Yankees. They're 21 and 19. They've lost three Islanders in a row. are going ahead. Allen's pretty <laughs> happy about that. Islanders are going to the, to the conference finals for the first time. Yeah, we got a little hockey on this show. <laughs> When did that ever happen? Yes, I was going to say, this is our fourth week on the air. This is literally the second time, <laughs> literally the second time hockey has been mentioned. But the Islanders are an amazing story. And if you're old enough to remember their four cups in the 80s, you'll remember that this is actually a glorious franchise. Yes. And I've, all right, I've gone 30 seconds too much on hockey. Yeah, exactly. We've got to spin it back. Yeah, they're going to dock my pay for that one. <laughs> No doubt about it. Let's talk a little bit about the NBA. Even though the NFL is coming Thursday, Key's getting ready. All of his big points on week one, Watson, Mahomes, Giants, Steelers, and then Titans, Broncos on a Monday night doubleheader. We're all salivating for the NFL. It is going to be here sooner rather than later. Plenty of football talk on the way this morning, and then obviously all week long when the fellas are back. I know you'll have a lot of Jets and Giants talk on your show, of course, as well. But I want to start by talking about the NBA. Giannis, as I mentioned, injures his ankle, second quarter, yeah. buck season on the line. You would think that would be the impetus for the Heat to be able to say, let's just put the foot on the throat and let's get this over right. with. Let's just take care of the Bucks. They would be perfect then in the postseason. People don't think about that sweep of Indiana. It happened so long ago. But instead, Giannis goes down and Jimmy Butler essentially said, we had the opportunity to finish him off and we didn't. We did what I always say we can't do, which is, is get comfortable. And we thought this one was going to be easy and it, it was not. You know, you can say all that you want to say. We knew what we had to do coming into this game. So going into the next one, you know, we just got to put them away. They just got to put them away. The Bucks were more driven after Giannis left game four. More driven brought to you by Goodyear, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear, more driven. Baseball talk, Yankee talk with Buster only in seven minutes, our ESPN baseball insider. So let's extrapolate. This is Sports Talk Radio, yeah. so we don't have to live in the here and now. Let's just say Miami takes care of business tomorrow. Yeah. They win, and then they move on to the Eastern Conference Finals. Who knows? They get a favorable matchup. They go to the NBA Finals, and Pat Riley suddenly has the magic touch. Again, Giannis is eligible to be a free agent after next season. Okay, so after the 2020-2021 season, whatever that's played. Was it like <laughs> right? next month? Yeah, that's nobody, like two months from now? Right. Maybe December, maybe later. Silver says it'll be later. Um, then he's free and clear. Uh, you really believe, um, since the Bucks have not been to the NBA Finals since 74, they haven't won it since 71, right. their backs are against the wall at this particular juncture, you really believe that it's possible that Giannis could end up maybe joining 
Jimmy Butler in Miami. Take us inside this. Well, I, I believe that, you know, you talk about Giannis, he's a great transcendent player, but he knows, right? He already knows that, you know, any team in the East knows that going to the West is going to be tough sledding anyway. He's been disappointed last year by the Raptors. You know, saw Kawhi Leonard come in and, 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 and up, you know, upseed him. They've been able to win regular season. They haven't been able to have that same success in the postseason. Teams in the East are only going to get better. He understands it, and, it, and it's really about his belief in Chris Middleton. Is Chris Middleton a guy that I want to hitch my wagon to, my future to? Would you? I wouldn't. I would not. I would not. He's not a guy that I would hitch my wagon to. I think Giannis is you – know, we, we talked to Perkins, and we saw that you know maybe Giannis isn't a finisher. You know, he, he's an alpha male, but maybe he's not the closer. We see sometimes that, you know, you know the comments that were made by Chris Paul about James Harden. Like, when, when the moments get big, he gets tight. Mm. Russell, Russell Westbrook is a willing, you know, guy willing to, to either, you know, take the praise or take the blame. You know, he doesn't care. He has a short memory. Is Giannis that type of player? So, I think that Giannis sees a guy like Jimmy Butler, and he sees the beauty of how that team plays together. It's a bunch of guys that are, you know, not great individually, but collectively as a group, they're playing and they're trending in the right direction. You feel like maybe if the Bucks don't win this year, that that window is closing as you see that the Celtics are only going to get better. You know, maybe being able to move out away from Hayward um, and open up some more cap space. You got to address Tatum's um, contract. We don't know what's going to happen, who's going to coach Ben Simmons and, and, and Joel Embiid, but we think that they'll maybe break that up as well. I think if he goes to the Miami Heat, they will ultimately be the favorite. But that's the type of mentality, and that's the type of team, that's the type of you know grit that you want if you think you can compete with the Western Conference. You know what I mean? Because it's about winning titles. And Giannis, I mean, you talk about being in that small market. If you don't feel like you can win a title, why sit in that market? Why stay in that market? We saw LeBron James try and leave you know, Cleveland, because he felt like he didn't have the right pieces around him. They would put the El Goskis around him. They would bring Shaq in, but they never put elite talent around him. If you if you got to go to who do you believe in as far as your, your general manager? We know that Pat Riley is a proven winner, that he does whatever he needs to do. If it's two guys I got to bet my career on, it's going to, it's going to be um, the logo, Jerry West, and it's going to be you know Pat Riley because we know that he's going to do whatever it takes to win. And I don't know what he'd be saying to these people, and he's like the horse whisperer, right? He gets to start talking in your ear. Like I said, he's the guy that you – he's the friend that you don't leave your girl around because you just <laughs> never know, right? And you know that once he starts planting those seeds, you have to listen. And, and if you're Milwaukee, you're saying, well, if we're going to lose him, if he says he's not going to sign a Supermax, we want to get something back in return for him. So let's move him opposed to losing him in free agency. With Bart Scott, 11-year NFL veteran, I'm Zubin Mahenti, Keyshawn and Jay will be back tomorrow. And we'll dig can into- I call in? Like when they come back, can I still? You can get the hotline number, bro. Just, just to talk to Kimberly, though. I just want to interview Kimberly. Last Monday, Some hot questions a week like ago that. today, Spike Lee called in. 98.7 on your station. Called in on the hotline. We put him right on the air. So you'll be able to do the right, same. Nice. Okay, nice. Just give me the number. Let me ask My you this. My didn't work this morning, by the way. <laughs> it's your first time here. It's all good. <laughs> um, let me ask you this about the Bucks, which I think is one of the most interesting things of all. Uh, Giannis said, what, what else is he going to say? He said after they were down 3-0, he's like, hey, if there's any team that could ever rally from a 3-0 deficit, it's going to be us. No team in NBA history in a best of seven has ever rallied from 3-0. Just to give you some more perspective, Teams that have been in that spot are 0 and 139. Okay, just to give you that number to try to rally. But hey, 
It's 3-1. In the bubble. In the bubble. Weird things happen. He could be back tomorrow no night. No quarter vantage, really. No right. fans. So right, even though they've earned it. But no the fact traveling. is, you know, he's still Giannis, and people are kind of down on him a little bit, but they're clearly better with him, obviously. He's going to win his second MVP, most likely. So it's 3-1. The Heat have maybe a little bit of doubt in their mind. The Bucks have a little bit of swag. No, he, no doubt for the Heat. No, the Heat, the Heat are going to be pissed off. And what they're going to be able to do is, we, when we talk to Perkins, right, what, what happened when Giannis left is the ball movement came. Right, you start seeing the offense open up, the floor open up. You start seeing players that maybe are watching Giannis play start to be involved. Right, you saw back cuts. You saw because what happened is when you when you see Lopez, Lopez can never go down low mm-hmm. and give you that different type of offense because you don't want to clog the lane because Giannis is a guy that's penetrating. Right, they're building a fence for Giannis. So you know, Brooke Lopez became pretty much a three point shooter. Right when, when Giannis left, the court opened up for everybody to take turns being able to dribble, penetrate, and then kick out. And it, it allowed Chris Middleton to become a playmaker, a facilitator as well. Right, So it wasn't just about the threes, but it's about the eight assists that he had as well. Being able to see the court once he got hot, it was able to be, you know, go to Bledsoe. Then it was able to go to George Hill. Then it was able to go to, to Lopez. When he comes back, he's going to get his touches and he's going to get his shots up. You know, Giannis, the next step in Giannis' game will be to create for others. Mm-hmm. And he does it at times, but, you know, he needs to be able to go down in a low post with that length and that wingspan and be able to facilitate and have guys cut off and draw that double team. That's the next step in his game. And we've seen LeBron come in as a player that pretty much plugged up every hole in his game every single year. I mean, I'm a Pistons fan. I remember that 25 in that third quarter. It mm-hmm. drove me crazy. We just couldn't stop him. But it was a way we tried to play him. And people play Giannis a certain way. And until he changes that and adds a consistent 18-foot shot or adds something to it, he won't be able to be able to be the great player that he is. Even though he's dominant, what happens is he's got to open up his skill set to become a better facilitator. Fair point. Bart referencing one of LeBron's greatest all-time playoff games. Sorry, bad memory for you. You're you're picking the scab (laughs) off. You're really picking that scab. Hey, you mentioned it first. (laughs) Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive Commercial is proud to partner with the small business experts at SCORE. Access free online resources through the SCORE Small Business Resilience Hub at SCORE.org. Buster only now joins us as we switch to a little bit of baseball. Buster is brought to you by Blue Emu, pharmacist-recommended Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief. Works fast and you won't stink. Buster is also the host of the Baseball Tonight podcast, and he joins us on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Buster, it's been just another tough week in baseball. Within a span of a week, we lost the legendary Tom Seaver. At the age of 75, we lost Lou Brock at the age of 81. We just found that out over the weekend. For most of us, I would imagine almost every single person in this audience, for the most part, is probably a little bit too young to remember Lou Brock and his legendary place in the game. Can you get everybody up to speed on what he meant to baseball? Yeah, his speed was difference-making. He played the outfield Uh, And he was part of arguably the most one-sided trade in the history of baseball, like the worst mistake. And the interesting thing was is that it was a trade between rival teams, the Cubs and the Cardinals. In 1964, in the midst of that season, the Cardinals got Lou Brock in return for Ernie Brolio, who subsequently after that, in two and a half seasons with the Cubs, won a total of seven games. (laughs) And Lou Brock, on the other hand, went on to have over 3,000 hits, 938 stolen bases. Uh, He retired as the all-time stolen base leader before uh, uh, Ricky Henderson broke his record. 
1974, he set the record for stolen bases in a season, 118. You know, I, I knew him uh, very much around the edge, but everybody who did know him talked about what a nice and gracious person he was. And, you know, this morning, Johnny Bench, uh, who was a catcher who tried to throw him out, tweeted out that, you know, trying to throw out Lou Brock was, was his favorite challenge in baseball. Uh, he was someone who was very much revered. Now, how effective he was in stealing bases in this modern day, why don't we see players playing small ball anymore? Um, you see maybe um, what Mike Trout hit a milestone, right? 200 stolen bases for himself, and we see Tatis stealing bases, but we don't see that around the league anymore. Is that a lost art? It is, Bart, and it's funny you mention that. I was actually, as I was looking over his record again this morning, I was thinking there's no way in this modern era of analytics that they would let him run the way that he did mm. because – you know, the the standard operating procedure now in baseball is that if you don't successfully steal at an 80% uh, rate, then you shouldn't be doing it. And he typically was more like 65 70%. He would get thrown out, you know, a, a few times. And in this era where teams are risk-averse and they just want to make sure that people don't uh, get thrown out, they don't lose outs on the bases, they probably would have slowed him down. Um, and, you know, quite frankly, I think the game is, is less interesting because of that. You know, I, I loved as a kid. I was 10 years old when he broke that record uh, and stole 118 bases in a season. You love that. You know, you loved him being in a showdown with a Johnny Bench and taking the lead off first base and seeing who's going to win that as opposed to what we see now, which is basically, you know, base runners going a step or two off the bag but not really trying to, trying to press their advantage. I mean, we, we see guys like Syndergaard, we see guys like Batanzas pretty much panic once they have like that <laughs> runner on the second base and it really affects their delivery. Now, you brought up analytics. I didn't. So, um, you know, in New York here, you know, the Yankees are five out of, uh, you know, ten, what, four, five for ten in their last 15. Yep. And they're, they're really struggling. And, you know, for the first time, maybe Boone is getting a little scrutiny, you know, for, you know, for this team. Is it really his fault or is it just the fact that this team can't find a way to stay healthy and it has the Whitewell and Garrett Cole, and yet they may not still get to the promised land? They are simply not playing well. And it was very interesting to listen to the postgame interviews on Saturday and Sunday with Aaron Boone. And you could see that reflected uh, and hear that reflected in his tone and his voice. Um, just, uh, you know, it's last year we gave them so much credit without Stanton, without judge who were hurt. They played really well. Guys like Mike Talkman stepped up and played well. That hasn't happened. Gary Sanchez, their, their everyday catcher has struggled so badly that they benched him yesterday. He's probably not going to play in their next game either. It's a major concern. Who would have imagined, you know, after knuckleheads like me were talking about the Yankees (laughs) being the best team on paper that we've seen in 20 years before the season started, that we would be three weeks away from the end of the regular season and they are battling the Orioles and the Tigers for the eighth seed in the American League. That is astounding. Now, if they can get healthy, they can get right, who's more important, um, um, Glaber, Judge, or Stanton? I, I personally think Judge. You know, I think Judge, the quality of his bats are so good. Um, you know, the competitive nature of what he does I, I think he's someone who's a, a lineup changer. Um, 
maybe in a you know Glaber Torres is a great young player. Stanton has impact, but I think Judge has always been a tone setter for how that lineup takes its at bats. Buster Olney, host of the Baseball Tonight podcast, is joining us on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. Cubs cards today, four Eastern on ESPN. So if you want to have a little remembrance of Lou Brock and a couple of those teams, I would imagine that the guys calling the game will touch on that. The passing. Of a legend. Another legend that went far too soon, Buster, was the late, great Roberto Clemente. And um, later this week, Major League Baseball is going to pay homage to him for a certain ethnic group of players, which I think is a great, great thing. Can you kind of take us inside this particular story? Yeah, and our teammate Marley Rivera was the first one to report this. Uh, Major League Baseball is going to allow players from Puerto Rico, which is uh, where Roberto Clemente was from, to wear number 21, Clemente's number, uh, and other players will have the opportunity to wear some kind of a decal also with number 21 on it. But I really believe that this is, you know, another step toward that day when they retire his number 21 in the same way that they did, they retired Jackie Robinson's 42. Uh, you know, Clemente, an, an historic figure in baseball, and so revered that the Sports Humanitarian Award is named for him. And there has been this growing uh, a call for baseball to take that step, I think they feel like, well, we, we, we have this other award name for them. But the fact that they're doing this and, and the fact that I think we're going to see players really jump on this and celebrate it uh, and you know, find, a, find a way to talk about Clemente and, and remember Clemente, I think that they're just going to continue to build on this. And at some point, that number 21 will go up on the scoreboards everywhere around baseball. It stands to reason because he is one of the great, as you mentioned, humanitarians in the history of the game. In fact, that's how he ended up losing his life in that plane crash. Thinking of others, and this week, Major League Baseball will be thinking of him. Buster Only is the host of the Buster, uh, is the host, excuse me, of the Baseball <laughs> Tonight podcast, and he always brings it with us. Every single Can I get appearance. one from Buster? Go ahead, go, Buster go? Go? I got one more for you, Buster. Go, 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 I can't go, go. Okay, I'm, ready, I'm only on here for one day, man. I got to get as much <laughs> as I can. Yo, when do we think that the uh, Mets are going to be sold? And is it any um, substance to the fact that A-Rod felt like he was just there to raise the price for Cohen? Well, I, you know, I talked to him about the other day because it was a story that said that he, I can't remember the, what the word was, that he was livid or something like that. And he said, no, it's just, you know, I mean, it's part of the process. And let's face it, if, you, if you're in a bidding and you don't win it, then you're probably going to have complaints or trades. You know, that, that happens every day in sports. Uh, but I think, you know, Alex, at some point, I fully expect that he's going to emerge as a bidder for another team. Um, but, boy, what a what a landscape-changing uh, move for the Mets to go to new ownership, which is going to spend a lot more money. And for the first time, I think, under Steve Cohen, I think we're going to see the Mets go toe-to-toe with the Yankees and bid for some of the best players in the game. Watch the Francisco Lindor bidding in two winters. Those That will be a showdown. Well, Syndergaard has to be something fun, too, to be able to lock Syndergaard up. You know, he probably thought he was one foot out the door, one on a banana pill after this, um, you know, the Tommy John surgery. Yeah, there, and I think it uh, would not at all surprise me if this winter, if he saw Steve Cohen trying to announce his presence with authority and maybe go after JT Real Muto, uh, the all-star catcher of the Philadelphia Phillies. Yeah, indeed. Steve Cohen, huge hedge fund guy, grew up a Mets fan. And if you take a look at Steve Cohen's bank account, he's not used to finishing second to anybody, <laughs> no. whether it's a rock. Ten billion more than any other owner. No he, doubt That boy about got it. money. Yes, and he doesn't want to use that five-year window that the Wilpons wanted to give him. He wants to take over right now. Let me make sure I get this right. 
right. Buster Only is the host of the Baseball Tonight podcast, and it's always great to have him on KJZ. <laughs> Buster, thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Great stuff from Buster, as always. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin reminding you to check out ESPN Audio at Home by telling Alexa to play news from ESPN. ESPN Audio at Home is brought to you by Mercedes-Benz Vans. Drive a Mercedes-Benz van and find out how far an extra mile really goes. From customization and service to financial assistance, Mercedes-Benz Vans are ready for anything. One quick note on the Mets. I want to get your thought on the Yankees before we move on. And that is, you know, for people that are hearing the name Steve Cohen for the first time, we're here in New York. He's a big hedge fund guy, big, huge money guy. He's one of those guys that pays like $137.5 million for yeah. a painting, right? right He's just right. into art. And I'm like, hey, I really want that. I'm yeah. going to bid $137.5 yeah. million. This is no, no joke. Quickly on the Yankees, because you mentioned they had gone five and 10 in their last 15 games. Buster said the lineup is amazing. Here they are looking up at the Rays. What else is new? Right. Tampa just continuing to make it happen. Granted, they've been banged up. They've got a ton of injuries. Your thoughts on the Yankees. Here we go. We're, they're about 40 games into their season. They're 21 and 19 in the regular yeah. seasons, quickly coming to an end. Detroit and Baltimore, the two teams Buster <laughs> referenced, each of the last two years, those teams have lost like 100 yeah. plus games, right. and the Yankees right. are down there with them. Well, you talk about, you know, they went out and they got the white whale. They were reluctant because they wanted to reset their luxury taxes, you know, so they made sure that they didn't go over there fiscally responsible. But going out and getting Garrett Cole and signing him to a $324 million contract, you know, saying, hey, we have our ace. We thought that Severino was that. They brought in Paxson. They passed on Corbin, which looks like a mistake. But, you know, they thought Paxson was going to be the guy. Hap has struggled. You know, this is a team that went healthy, and that's the big – uh, that's a big statement. When healthy, they haven't been healthy. But normally, last year and in, pre- in the previous years, guys were able to step up. It really hasn't worked out that way. And the time really matched with them being able to heal up in a shortened season. Will Judge get back and be healthy and get enough meaningful at-bats to be able to have his timing down when you go against elite pitching in playoffs? And now it looks like the Rays have caught them. And almost, you know, the Rays are like, I think, 10-2 and two this year against the Yankees. And they're teasing them. Like they're saying, hey, you, you know, we thought we, you were, we were big brother. They have half the payroll. So it's a legitimate threat that the Yankees, we thought it was a foregone conclusion that sure. it was going to be Dodgers, Yankees, two biggest markets, great for baseball. And it's always somebody that's not willing to play their role. And it could be the Rays on the American League side. We'll wait to see what happens. Still to come three days away from the NFL kickoff, Texans Chiefs ready to go, but the NBA's top two title contenders were in big spots last night and came through our NBA insider on why it always takes the Lakers about 48 minutes or so to finally (laughs) get it going. It happened in round one. It happened in round two. We'll get Brian Windhorst's thoughts on why LeBron and company are such slow starters. He knows LeBron better than anybody. We'll tell you what it all means. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! 
Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. It's a pleasure to have on the show Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin with Bart Scott, the 11-year NFL veteran, in for the fellas. The guys will be back tomorrow as we move closer to the NFL. For the first time on our show, ESPN NBA insider Brian Winhorst. And one thing I want to mention is if you're making a long drive today, Brian is the host of the Hoop Collective podcast, new episode available today. So download that. Then download the Woj podcast. So if you're a big NBA fan, got a couple things to listen to before a couple games tonight. And he joins us on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Bri, you know LeBron as well as anybody. I think what a lot of people are wondering, why the Lakers have come out so sloppy in game one in each of their first two playoff rounds and then being able to rectify it in game number two? You know what's remarkable is that um, that is actually the 20th time, 2-0, that LeBron has lost game one of a playoff series. Wow. <laughs> and, um, you know, he's he's 11 and 8 in those series since, so it's not a death knell by any means. Um, but sometimes he comes out slow. It, a lot of times he comes out slow. Um, you know, this particular team, Zubin, uh, the way the Lakers are structured, and, you know, it is probably the biggest challenge for them to overcome uh, to win a championship. They, they don't have an enormous margin for error. They, they really need... Uh, both Anthony Davis and LeBron to play well and their defense uh, to play well. And if they get two of those three things, they've got a fighting chance. If they get all three, they're going to look great, especially if their uh, supporting cast uh, can score because their their offensive production, that's one of the reasons why LeBron and, and Anthony Davis have to play really well because they really can't rely every night on a third score. Um you're going to see ebb and flows, whether it's game one or game four. And really, it's how they manage those games when they're not clicking on all cylinders that's going to determine. And so I really think that's why we've seen inconsistent play from the Lakers throughout the whole time in the bubble. There have been times where they look like they are holding that trophy, and there have been other times where they look like, boy, they may not get out of this round. And I think we're going to continue to see that. That two zero number that Brian mentioned, stats incredible, brought to you by My Computer Career, training for a better life. That is an incredible stat for sure. Brian Windhorst brought to you by 5-Hour Energy. It's road trip season. Get ready with 5-Hour Energy. Bart? I'll tell you what, um, watching the, the response, but the, the Houston uh, Rockets showed me a lot of grit in that third quarter, outscoring the Lakers 41-23. to 23. But it seemed a lot of that came with Russell Westbrook on the bench. And I know when he's off, he's off. He had a lot of turnovers, and I think it led to fast point, uh, you know, fast break points for the Lakers. But, you know, how do we see this happening if, uh, you know, his guys aren't on? And how do they adjust? It seems like Frank Vogel kind of out-schemed D'Antoni as far as being able to change up the defense, and it caused some hesitation. And then the Rockets, been, you know, figured it out later. Yeah, you know, the Rockets made 22 or 23 three-pointers last night, shot 40% on them. Yeah. When they have a game like that, <laughs> they usually win going away. Um, and so the huge uh, accomplishment by the Lakers to win a game where the Rockets shot that well. And when it came to Russell Westbrook, you know, this is not a new problem. One of the reasons why the, the Rockets went super small was because they were having difficulty handling Russell Westbrook out there because teams were not guarding him. They were double-teaming uh, James Harden and rotating around, and the ball would find Westbrook, and he would 
break a three, quite frankly. And so what they did was they convinced him, hey, we're going to go super small so that you, because there were times where they were, they had two guys they weren't guarding. They weren't guarding Capella or Westbrook. We're going to go super small so that the court always has three shooters on it in addition to Harden. And then Russ, stop shooting threes. When you get the ball open on the corner, we want you to, you want you to attack the basket. And it worked. Um, you know, he took seven three-pointers last night. The last time he took seven three-pointers, guys, December 25th, Christmas Day. Um, he, had, he had taken five threes one time in the last 26 games. Before this series, he's taken over five in each of the first two games. So I don't know. Like, I know that the, the excuse that they're offering is that he's still recovering from that, uh, that quad injury. And I guess maybe that could have him more hesitant to drive, but yet I see him in other aspects of the game look just fine going to the basket. They got to tell him, Russ, if you want to play, you cannot shoot those threes. I don't care how open you are. You have got to go to the basket. And I think that that will get through and he will remember because it was successful that sort of last third of the season before the shutdown. Um, But, you know, I don't think Frank Vogel's doing anything revolutionary. Russell Westbrook is just taking the bait. Now, how about, you know, like, but that was vocal, you know, as far as blitzing Harden at the top of the key, forcing the ball out of his hands. You know, we know these two teams are, like, ball dominant. They isolate the ball and hold the ball. It looks like the, you know, the Lakers half-court offense is just throwing to to, um, Anthony Davis or LeBron James, and everybody cuts off of that. You know, how do you see them maybe making an adjustment? Does uh, Russell have to maybe play in that corner pocket where we see Tucker at and kind of flash to, to, to the uh, free throw line to try and break the defense down that way? Because it seems like when he catches the ball up top, you know, he, he's, he's turning the ball over. He's going so fast that they're just taking the ball out of his hands. He's making bad decisions. I would not let him go to that corner because he would maybe be even more tempted to shoot. <laughs> and plus, plus they have other guys who are world-class experts at shooting threes from the corner. Uh, no, I mean, honestly, I really think they got to tell him, Russ, um, every time you shoot a three-pointer, uh, we're going to take you out of the game. I mean, I know you can't do that with MVP, <laughs> but like, you, you're going to have to like, you know, t- tell him something. And by the way, the, the, the Rockets do the exact same thing to the Lakers with Rondo. Um, you know, Rondo, uh, they don't guard him. And, you know, it's one of the things that drives Laker fans crazy is that Rondo won't be guarded and he'll take a shot. Um, but the difference is, is that when you're relying on so many minutes with, with LeBron, as the, as the Lakers are, I think, he, I haven't looked at the updated numbers, but I think he's still leading the playoffs in, in, in average minutes. I know he hasn't played more than like some of the Nuggets in total minutes, but in average minutes. And so... One of the reasons why Rondo is out there, and I know that it's, it's hard for some Lakers fans to understand when he doesn't play well, is that LeBron needs during the game to take some possessions where he, he doesn't initiate the offense and have to bring it up. It's a way that he has perfected over the years to rest while playing. So Rondo provides that sort of release valve. And last night, he wasn't being guarded, but he also had five steals. He also had nine assists. He was able to do a lot uh, else in the game besides just miss open shots. Westbrook, that's the other thing. Westbrook did not do his normal contribution. He had seven turnovers last night. But it is so interesting to watch these two teams play because when Rondo and Westbrook are out there, they are not being guarded. It is the same defense being employed on both sides. Great stuff from Brian Windhorst. Another double dip tonight. We'll have the Raptors and the Celtics, and that will be followed by the Clippers and the Nuggets. You know Brian will be watching it all. We'll have him back here soon enough. Again, download that Hoops Collective podcast if you're in the car making that long Labor Day drive. Brian, appreciate you being here this morning. 
Have a great week, guys. Same to you. Keyshawn, J. Will Zubin brought to you by AutoZone. AutoZone offers free battery testing so you don't spend money on something you don't actually need. They're also the only place you can find proven tough Duralast batteries if you do need a change. Next time you're having starting trouble, start at AutoZone, America's number one battery destination. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Bart Scott in for the fellas today. Still to come. How much treader left on the tires of one future Hall of Fame running back in Adrian Peterson? Key said last week, it's time for Adrian Peterson to hang it up and move on to things, too. Where you at, Key? They had man had 900 yards rushing last year. Put some respect on his name. I was going to ask Bart what he thinks. If AD is done, apparently from his comments, you can kind of tell. Maybe there's a little more left in the tank. We'll talk about that in plenty of other NFL subjects, juicy NFL subjects, as we get ready to go with three days until the NFL season begins. We'll get to all of it. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. When you play this sport, the best thing about it is you get to start over every single year. I got to focus on this season. I feel like the sky's the limit. At the end of the day, we missed the football. What can you possibly do to top this? Win another one. He is Houdini! I just love what I do. Once again, I believe I'll be a Dallas Cowboy uh, for the rest of my career. Well, it's the National Football League. Every team has changes every year. It's coming fast. Competition's on. I'm not going to say that I was thrilled by the pick. I wanted to be respected, and I wanted people to know my worth. I see myself doing it very well in that offense. Touchdown, Kansas City! Once you enjoy it, you come back and do it again the next year. You better believe it. Those are the words of Patrick Mahomes there at the beginning and the end with Bart Scott, the 11-year NFL veteran of Zubin Mahenti, Keyshawn J. and Zubin. The guys will be back uh, tomorrow as we get closer to the NFL. I want to mention that, you know, every year we start to wait, the wait and all that stuff. The Chiefs had to wait 50 years between Lombardi's, and now they get two maybe within as many years. We're going to roll with four downs, the four biggest stories in the NFL. Four downs brought to you by Geico. Geico is now offering an extra 15% credit on car, motorcycle, and RV policies. Visit geico.com for more. And where else does any sequence or drive begin? It begins, of course, with first down. First down. Oh, Mr. Production mean I'm involved in this? Very violent audio. Extremely violent audio. All right, let's begin here. Adrian Peterson signs with the Lions. This is after being cut by the Washington football team. Keyshawn Johnson, my man here on the show, last week said, it's done. He had a great, great career, but it's time to move on to phase two like he and millions of other guys have done in professional sports. Bart, you think he can join the Lions? He will join the Lions, and he's got something left in the tank. 
He absolutely has something left, left in the tank. You talk about a guy who rushed for over 800 yards after kind of taking over for guys after he got injured. He still can run between the tackles. He's still a punishing runner. He's still in tremendous condition. Um, I think he's off, off on this one, man. And you talk about his, the ability to still have something to play for, and that's to cement his legacy. He's already going to be a first battle Hall of Famer, but he, in a Lions uniform, he has the opportunity to pass Barry Sanders, the greatest running back of all times. How great is that? Sweet feet elsewhere in the division. Second down. This is apropos because the Lions will actually host the Bears to open the season. So we'll see Adrian Peterson with one offense. We'll see Mitchell Trubisky on the other. Over the weekend, Matt Nagy said Trubisky is the guy. He won the job. This wasn't a default situation. This wasn't a, well, we picked him second situation. How How do you think this is going to go? How bad is Nick Foles? He won it fair that's, and square. That's your question. How, I mean, how bad is Nick Foles looking and collecting another check? But I tell you what, Mitch Trubisky better understand. They're giving out real money. Real money. You don't even have to be great. We, used to, we heard Michael Bennett saying that he, he was one of the best defensive uh, linemen in the game, and he was making a certain amount. The worst quarterback, starting quarterback in the league, was making three times what he makes. Well, guess what, Michael? Now that the worst quarterback is making five times more than what you make because they're giving it out to quarterbacks just for playing a position. So I'm Mitchell Trubisky. You better harness your inner Phoenix and figure this thing out, man, because it is generational type of money out there for you, and you don't even have to be top 15 to get it. Yeah, rising from the ashes for that Phoenix. Here's Mitch Trubisky on his short-term goal after winning the job. I control my own destiny, and I'm definitely not going to take this opportunity for granted. It's I feel like he, I got a fresh, new, clean slate, and that's how every year should feel. And after winning, a, a, after coming out of a competition like that, it, it's got that sort of feel to it that it's a new year, we all have a clean slate, and we're not looking back on the past. I'm not looking over my shoulder. I'm just going to take advantage of the opportunity uh, ahead and it feels good. It's exciting. And I know we're all eager to uh, get ready for this year and, uh, and, and play this weekend. Can, can we get this man a mentor? He need a mentor and he need a life coach. Cause he, he, you, he, hey, it ain't going to end well. If you got that type of swag, you the quarterback, man, swag up. Yeah, the only thing missing there was I'm going to be uh, giving it 100% and I'm going to leave it out on the field and all that other jargon. More quarterback talk right now. Third down. Okay, now speaking of swag, I would be I would be fine if Josh Rosen didn't have any after you've been drafted by the Cardinals top 10. Less than a year later, you're playing with the Dolphins. You can't get on the field. And now you're on the Bucks practice squad, which is where Josh ended up over the weekend. Many people are not bullish on Josh Rosen's future. Not any, anything of his own doing. He's just been moved around, shipped from place to place. But, but you are one of the few voices that says this dude can be a legit starting quarterback if given the opportunity. He's right up there with Baker Mayfield. He's right up there with Josh Allen. He's right up there with Lamar Jackson. He just hasn't gotten the opportunity. And the problem is when you're good and you're picked in the first round, you go to bad organizations. And when he went to Arizona, they were a bad organization, a team with an identity crisis, got a new coach. new coach had a man crush on somebody that he wanted to get in college and, 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 and Kyler Murray. He able to get that. Then he goes to another bad organization in transition who was uh, tanking for tour. If he gets the opportunity, listen, Every once in a while, a blind squirrel finds a nut, and he found a nut down in Tampa because he's going to be around tremendous coaching. He's going to be around a quarterback whisperer in Bruce Aarons, and he's going to get an opportunity to learn from the GOAT. And guess what? The GOAT has a shelf life, and it says expiration date, two years, and he's going to get an opportunity to get the keys to Evans, Godwin, Grunk, Brayton. OJ the Juice Man, 
Fournette, all that stuff. He's going to get the keys to the kingdom, and he's going to laugh last. He's going to laugh the loudest. It's probably going to be as uh, Ty Bowles as his head coach, as Bruce Aaron, if he gets a chip, is going to ride off into the sunset like Shane. The squirrel and the nut, Bart matching Mitchell with the cliches. The best quarterback story we saved for last. Fourth down. In all seriousness, this is just an amazing story. Alex Smith has made the Washington football team roster. Normally, we're not going to go crazy when a first overall pick in a draft makes a team. But when you have 17 surgeries over the course of nine months, you spent three months in a walker, you almost had your leg amputated, and you are making the roster. This, I mean, you know, Joe Theismann was with us during the first week, Bart, uh, the former Redskins, great Super Bowl winning quarterback. And he said, and I, I love how he said it, the comeback player of the year award, just give it to Alex Smith already. You haven't played a snap in the NFL this season. Well, uh, we talk about gruesome leg injuries. We know that Teddy Bridgewater was one. This was the other one. And the fact that he's able to, to, to withstand and, 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 and endure the hours and hours and months of rehab and surgeries and the doubt. And to finish, he's already won. But with that being said, the business of football is let's coach him up. Let's get him out there. And let's use him as some trade bait because – Usually somebody's going to lose a starting quarterback. A lot of soft injury, uh, tissue injuries. Um, the defense, I expect defenses to be ahead of offenses. So watch um, one of the um, left tackles or right tackles saying, four, look out, I missed. Because somebody quarterback's going to get jacked up because you know, you've been going against your own defense. You're going to get these exotic blitzes. It's going to be assignments missed. It's going to be guys getting hit in the back of the head. And, and, and it's going to be an opportunity to be able to trade a guy that knows how to handle himself well like Alex Smith. It's well said. I'm just going to give you a quick one bonus down. I'm just going to mention this. As this is coming hot off the presses. The Dolphins have just named, no surprise here, Ryan Fitzpatrick. They're starting quarterback for week one. They'll take on the New England Patriots. Tua Tungavailoa, who has wowed a lot of people in camp, will be the backup. And best wishes to Ryan Fitzpatrick. It's been a yes. very difficult Tough. training camp for him. Prayers for you, uh, Fitz. He lost his mom. Prayers yes. up for him. But this is what I love about it. He's, he's, a, he's a riverboat gambler. He either fits magic or fits tragic. No, but no matter enough. what, it's going to be exciting to see. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. From one joker to another, we're not kidding around this morning. We'll explain next on KJZ. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio.